in our culture today, um, we have created some amazing ways to communicate. And because of texting, because of social media, we have come up with some great acronyms to communicate with. I don't know if you know what an acronym is, but it's uh, the first letter of some words that, that you know come up with certain meanings. And so we are going to play a game today, and I want you to, this is conversational, I want you to tell me what this acronym means, all right? So put the first one up. Laugh out loud. Good job. You guys are good students. Thank you so much. Next. Come on, Bay. What's my Bay right here? What does that stand for? Anybody know? Before anyone else. Hey, Bay. Before anyone else. So, Bay, and what about this one? Bring your own what? Bubba. I don't know what school you grew up in, but that's bring your own beer. Come on. Or if you're real religious and you're afraid to say it, bring your own Bible. What about this one? What are you guys thinking? I'm thinking, what the faith? You got spiritual? What the faith? What about this one? Best Friends Forever. That one's a classic because that one's been around since the 80s. Remember BFF, you know, all those good things. Those are classics right there. What about this one? Rolling on the floor laughing. I love that one. What about this one? Got to be easy with this one. Fear of missing out. FOMO. There is actually a thing that counselors counsel people for FOMO. Because they're afraid they're going to miss out on something. It's crazy. But anyways, what about, what about that one? Throwback Thursday. We got the teenagers representing up here. I love it. Throwback Thursday. So here's what that one means. So no, don't go to that one yet. Go back. Throwback Thursday. So like if you have Instagram or if you have uh, Facebook and all those things and you want to put a picture, you know, from back in the day, you can do it on Thursdays and it's called Throwback Thursday. So you can show that picture of you in the 80s when you had (laughs) hair like so high that you thought the higher the hair, the closer we are to God. (laughs) So you can do a Throwback Thursday if you want. What about this one? That's not STD. That's STFD. Anybody? Shut the front door. How many of you guys have ever been told something and it went so, you didn't believe it? Like, you know, my fish was this big. Shut the front door. Come on, you're a liar. I love that one. What's, what about this one? You only live once. YOLO. Come on. Some of you guys are like getting all cut up in the millennial, you know, days. So you guys are good. What about this one? Is that the last one? That's the last one. Well, here's the thing. I've created my own acronym. And so I need you guys to applaud no matter if you like it or not. And it is this. Go ahead. B-Y-O-U. You say, what does it mean? Bring your own you. Can I get some? Yeah, thank you. You can read it two ways. Bring your own you or just be, do you see it? Be what? Be you. Be you. you. Now, here's the thing. I believe that many of us, if not all of us, have have felt in our lives sometimes like we have to live up to someone else's expectations. Anybody ever been there? Raise your hand if you've ever been there. 
Yeah, we feel like, you know, because the world says that we've got to do this, then we have to live up to their expectations. And we pretend, I think, a lot of times to be someone that we're not. Now, here's the thing. All of us are guilty of this, so you can't get out of this today. But um, I, I've often felt like, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, adequate enough to do what I'm doing. And, and, you know, I feel like I, you know, I just can't, you know, measure up to what other people expect out of me. Well, here's the point that I want to make today. You ready? God has made you who you are. And he wants you to be who he's made you to be. All you got to do, Yeah. All you have to do is BYOU, bring your own you. And there's a familiar story in the Bible. Many of you guys have heard it, but it's the story of David and Goliath. Anybody ever heard that story? Yeah. Well, out of this story, I found something else that maybe you've never seen before, and I want to read it for you, okay? So here it is. 1 Samuel 17, it says this. It says, don't worry. Or it says, uh, David, let me, I'll preface it, okay? Many of you guys maybe have not heard the story. David is a little boy. Saul is a king. David shows up at a battle, right? And Saul's out there, and nobody wants to fight Goliath. Goliath is a Philistine giant. Nobody wants to fight him, but David shows up to deliver food to his bros, for, for his brothers, right? And, and he goes, hey, who's that guy out there? That guy's a giant. What is he saying about my God? I'll take that guy on. And that's where we pick up the story. So look at it. David's talking. He says, don't worry about that. This Philistine, David told Saul, I'll go fight him. I like David already. Anybody? And then Saul says, don't be ridiculous. Saul replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a a boy. (laughs) And he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the the, animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw. (laughs) I don't know why he did that, but that's kind of fun. You know, when's the last time you ever caught an animal by the jaw? I don't know, but that's pretty cool. I think so. So I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Can we get an amen for clubbing something to death? See, some of you guys think the church is boring. Our church isn't boring, right? We like to get a little Western, as I like to say. But he, he clubs this animal to death. And then I have done this to both lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> that was a paraphrase. <laughs> I have done it to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the the tigers and the bears, will rescue me from this Philistine. Now let's keep going. Look at it with me. It says, Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own what? His own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. (laughs) Some of you guys are like, what's a coat of mail? Um, Well, it's not postage stamps. 
It's actually, you know, you've seen, you know, the guys back in the day and, you know, like um, the, the old war movies or whatever, when they put those, those, those kind of uh, coats or whatever on that are made of metal and they're made of little rings of metal and all that stuff. That is what a coat of mail is. Let's keep going. David put it on, strapped a sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David what? He took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed with only a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started out across the valley to fight the Philistine. Oh, I love this story. It gets me pumped up. It makes me want to get into a fight. Anybody else? I mean, back in the day when I was growing up, you could get into a fight and shake hands and, you know, your best friends. Nowadays, they kill you. You know, they shoot you or something stupid. But anyways, I love this story. And if you've never heard the rest of the story, I'm not going to read it. But David actually goes out, faces Goliath, and with one stone and a sling, hits him in the forehead, knocks him out to the ground. And then, uh, this is my favorite part, he grabs Goliath's own sword and he cuts Goliath's head off. Can I get an amen for cutting something's head off? I mean, see, again, you guys think the church is boring. Some of you guys think, well, I don't know about all this. The Bible is full of awesome stories like this. And here's the thing. From this story, I believe that God wants to show us how he has made us to be who he has called us to be. So here's number one. You ready? Number one. To, to, to become who God has created us to be, to, to, for us to bring our own you, number one, we have to stop believing who others say we are and start believing who God says we are. Yeah. Here's what I want you to realize today. Some of you are here today and you're living a defeated life. And you say, well, why would you say that? Well, some of you are here today and you have believed what someone else has said about you and it has kept you from being who God wants you to be. I'll give you a few examples. Maybe, you know, you, you were told, you know, all your life, you're never going to make the team. You're, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to lose the weight. You're too lazy. You're not worthy to be you know, loved by someone like her. Or, you know, you're not smart enough to accomplish that. I don't know about you, but I, uh, I went to high school and, um, you know, I was fixing to graduate and I, and I was actually going to graduate and it was pretty awesome. Um, so I went in and I saw my, my counselor. Anybody ever been to the school counselor? Yeah, so I went into the school counselor, and I love school counselors, but I had, you know, this gal, and I went in there, and we were talking about my future, and, you know, I don't know if you take tests still to see what you're going to be when you grow up and all that stuff, but anyways, I'll never forget it, because I was talking to her, and she looked at me, and she goes, Bo, you're not college potential, <laughs> and I wanted to say, you're right, <laughs> But as I, as, I, as I heard that, and, and again, this is maybe the rebellious side in me. As I heard that, I, I felt like that was a challenge. Um, and, I, and I remember thinking, you know what? You know, I can't believe what she just said about me. 
I can't believe it. I can't take that in. I have to do something different than what she said about me. And I thank God that I didn't listen. I was smart enough that I didn't listen to her. But I listened to, here's what else I heard in my mind. God said, hey, Bo, don't worry about what she says. I'm going to send you to college. And I've been to the best, one of the best colleges in, in the state, Oklahoma Baptist University. I graduated with a degree and, and I'm halfway through my master's. But here's the thing. I, I, if I would have listened to what she said about me, I never would have accomplished a degree. I never would have, you know, grown in my spiritual life while I was in college. I'd have never made those friends that I call friends today. I'd have never accomplished anything. I might not even be here today if I would have listened to who she said I was instead of listening to who God said I was going to be. Again, Some of you guys are here today, and for many years, you've been listening to who someone else has said that you are. It's the same thing. Saul did it to David. Look at verse 33. He says, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's what? There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a... A boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. And so here in the, in the Bible, you know, Saul says to David, you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough experience. But here's what I want you to hear today. You are not who others say that you are. You are who God says you are. And he has a special plan for your life. He says, hey, guess what? You're strong enough to get through that trial. This this thing isn't going to kick your butt. You can do it. You're special to me. You have the right words to say what I've asked you to say. You're, you're, you're beautiful. You're worthy of my love. And you say, I don't know if I believe that. I've never been told any of those things. Well, I want you to believe it because the Bible is is the absolute truth. And listen to what the Bible says about you. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's what? Masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the, the good things He planned for us long ago. Listen, you are God's masterpiece. No matter how you look, no matter how you think about yourself, no matter how you think about what everybody else says about you, God says you are His masterpiece, born to do good things, not just bad things. And so again, we need to stop listening to who everybody else says that we are, and we need to start believing who God says that we are. Look at Psalm 139. Listen to what else he says. He said, you, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so what? Wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How, I, how well I know it. You watched me as I, as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in the book, in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me? Did you hear that? God has precious thoughts about you. He's not just mad at you. Like maybe everybody else has told you. He's not ticked off at you. He loves you. And he cares about you. And his thoughts are precious towards you. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, guess what? You are still with 
me. (laughs) I don't know if that brings comfort to your heart, but it brings comfort to my heart. You know why? Because I'm the most precious thing that God ever created. You are the most precious thing that God ever created. And we were made by him and for him. And guess what? Listen, God does not make mistakes. Amen? He says, I made you the way that I wanted to make you, and you're useful to me. You're worthy to me. You are priceless. And so how do we bring, or how do you bring your your own you? You have to stop listening to what others say about you. And you have to start believing what God says about you. Number two is this. We must take off the expectations of others and live out the expectations of God. Let me say it again. We must take off the expectations of everybody else and start living by the expectations of God. I don't know if you noticed this. This is the cool thing about the David and Goliath story. Did you notice that Saul told David to put on Saul's armor? Did you catch that? I mean, in in the verse, you know, Saul says, hey, you're not ready for battle until you put on my armor. I don't know if you noticed that, but Saul wanted David to look like him. Saul wanted him to fight like him. Saul wanted him to be intimidating like all these other soldiers. But listen to what David did. In verse 39, look look at it. He said, so David what? He took him off. David said, forget all that. That stuff's not me. I can't walk around like this. I'm not used to, you know, being like you. I am going to trust God and I'm going to be me. I don't know if that's freeing to you, but I love it. I don't have to live in the expectations of other people. I can be who God has created to me to be. And that's exactly what David did. And he took Saul's armor off and guess what he did? He grabbed what he knew, which was a sling and five stones, a staff, and he ran out and he kicked Goliath's butt. (laughs) I love that. Some of you guys are here today. And again, some of you guys have good expectations. Um, Some of you guys have placed good expectations maybe on your kids. Like I want them to do good in school. Amen. I want them to work hard, right? I want them to be the best that they can be at whatever they're doing. Those are good expectations and we should have those. But for some of you, again, maybe you've experienced some not so good expectations. And I'll I'll give you a few examples. Um, Maybe you feel like, you know, you have to fit in and have to maybe wear certain things to fit in. And it's the expectations of people around you. Maybe you feel like you have to perform in a certain way to be successful, Maybe, here's another one, and this is maybe for those of you that don't go to church, maybe, and you're here for maybe the first time. Maybe you felt like, man, I got to believe a certain way or I don't belong. Here's what we love about our church. You belong before you believe. Amen? You belong before you believe. And so maybe, again, you felt that expectation of having to, you know, own certain things, keep up with the Joneses, work, you know, somewhere so that people will think you're worth something. Listen, I don't, I don't know if you feel that, but I, sometimes I feel that. And, you know, as a pastor, here's what else I think we do a lot of times. A lot of times it's not what others place on us. It's, you know, the expectations that others place on us. It's what expectations we place on ourselves. Anybody ever been there? I mean, I feel it as a pastor. Here's the cool thing about our church. I have never felt like you had a, certain expectations for me. 
It's so fun to walk into a church where I can be who I am. You can be who you are. You can come dirty. You can come smelly. You can come, as long as you come with clothes on, you're accepted. I mean, seriously, I love it. And I, as a pastor, I love it because I can do the same thing. I don't have to dress this way. I choose to dress this way. <laughs> That's so fun for me uh, because there's so many people that want to put expectations on everybody else. But the truth is, again, as a pastor, I, you know, I, I oftentimes place, you know, my own expectations on myself. You say, well, what are they? Well, I feel like I have to be funny. <laughs> if you're not funny, everybody's going to think you're boring and they're going to go away. I feel like I have to be, you know, I have to communicate perfectly. I have to say the right thing. I have to not say the wrong thing. That's harder for me. <laughs> Anybody with me? Not saying the wrong thing's harder. I, I feel that. And I place those expectations on myself. But here's what I have to remind myself. And here's what you need to remind yourself. Ready? Just because others expect you to act a certain way doesn't always mean that that's God's expectations. What we have to figure out is what does God expect out of me? And when he expects things out of you, guess what? They're always right and they're always achievable. When he says, hey, I want you to speak this, he's always going to give you the words. When he says, hey, I want you to do this, he's always going to give you an avenue to do it. Because his expectations are always right and they're always achievable. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, you know, for I know the plans I have for you. Says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a what? And a hope. And so here's what you need to realize. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for you. And it's, it, his plan is all that really matters. And we are called to live out his plan for his glory. And so you say, well, how do you, how do you bring your own you? Well, you take off the expectations of everybody else and you start living by the expectations of God. Here's the last thing and I'm done. Number three, your experiences make you who you are. So let God use them. Some of you need to hear this because you've experienced some things that are horrible. Some of you have taken roads that have been wrong. Some of you have failed in major, major ways. Can I just give you this, this word of advice? Your experiences, they've happened for a reason, and God wants to use them. And He can use them. Amen? <clears throat> All you have to do is look at David. Look at what, look at what David did to, to prepare for the fight with Goliath. But David persisted. I have, taken, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When, I, when the lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb and a flock, or out of the flock, you know, I go after it and club it and res, you know, rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to, be, you know, to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Here's the thing. David's experiences, they, they were, you know, made him who God wanted him to be. And here's what I believe. Without the experiences that David had with those animals protecting all those sheep and goats and all that stuff, without that experience, I don't believe that he would have ever uh, defeated Goliath. And so you think, well, you know, what, what experiences do I have? Again, maybe you have, uh, you know, maybe you've been successful. 
Maybe God has allowed you to be successful in life. Can I just tell you, God wants to use that experience, not only for your good, but for the good of others. Maybe you have a certain talent, and God wants to use it. You've had it, you got experience in this you know, area. God wants to use that. Again, maybe you've failed in certain areas. Maybe you've lost in certain areas of your life. Listen, God can use those too. Oftentimes, He uses those more than our wins. And so God wants to use your experiences to make you not only who you are, but to show other people that they can be used by God too. Romans eight twenty eight. listen to it. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Everything that you've experienced, God can use. The, the question is, will you let him use it? Will you let him use it? And so you say, well, how do I bring, you know, bring your own you? How do I bring my best self? Well, you got to stop believing what everybody else says and start believing what God says. You got to take off the expectations of all the other people and put on the expectations of God. And then you got to let God use every experience that you've ever had. Because they've all happened for a reason. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Here's the thing. God wants you to B-Y-O-U. He wants you to be you. He wants you to bring your own you to every relationship, to every you know, job that you have, to everything that you do in life. He wants you to be who He has created you to be. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I've been living a defeated life because of something that someone said to me in my past. Would you just raise your hand, please? Yeah, all across the barn. Anybody else? I'm living a defeated life because of something that someone else has said about me. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, for those of you that just raised your hand, I want to pray for you real quick. I know there's probably people that, you know, maybe you're afraid to pray or raise your hand. Listen, I want to pray for you. And maybe, maybe you need to pray something, you know, like I'm fixing to pray. Lord, help me to, to not live in a way that is defeated because of what somebody else has said about me. Lord, forgive me for living a defeated life and not living according to your plan because I've lived with, with, again, the things that everybody else said about me. But today, I believe that you love me, that you care for me, and that you want to use me. Forgive me for believing that. And thank you for forgiving me. Listen, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe that was you. Maybe you raised your hand and you said, you know what? They said this about me and I've been believing it the, my whole life. Listen, you can find victory over that through the power of Jesus. He can, when that thought arises again and you hear those words again, he can help you defeat that thought. 
And so my prayer is that you ask for forgiveness of living that defeated life and you begin today to realize that God loves you, you are his masterpiece, and you are useful to God. No matter what your husband said, no matter what your wife said, no matter what your mom said, your dad said, your coach said, you are loved by God and you are worthy to serve him. Some of you are here today and you maybe feel like you're living for someone else. Would you just raise your hand if you feel like, man, I'm living for other people's expectations. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. All across the barn. Listen, again, maybe those of you that just raised your hand, you need to let go of everybody else's expectations and you need to start living for God's expectations. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't even know what he expects of me. Listen, he has a plan for you. And if you will turn to him and say, okay, God, what's your plan for me? I'm going to stop living for others. I'm going to start living for you. Guess what? He'll show you his plan. And not only will he show it to you, he'll give you the strength to fulfill it. So maybe you need to pray something like this. Lord, I'm sick and tired of living according to everybody else's expectations. I'm going to begin today to live for you. Listen, I hope that you prayed that commitment as well. Some of you are here today, and again, you have a lot of failure in your past. You feel unworthy to even, you know, be used by God. I hope that you heard what I said earlier. Your experiences, they've happened for a reason. And God can forgive you. He can use you. And he wants you to glorify him through everything that he's, you know, allowed you to go through. Maybe, maybe you hear this, you know, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know why I went through that. Well, God has a plan. And he wants to use you. And he didn't walk through those tragedies with you for no reason. He wants you to use that experience to help others, to serve him, to bring him glory. And so maybe you need to take those experiences. You need to say, okay, God, I'm handing them all to you. Use them. Use them for your glory. Use me for your glory. Listen, I hope that you'll make that commitment as well. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for using me in spite of my failures. I thank you for giving me the the wisdom enough to know that I don't have to believe what everybody else says about me. All I have to do is trust in what you say about me. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to throw off the expectations that aren't us and to be who you've made us to be. Lord, thank you for loving us just like we are and loving us enough to change us through our experiences. And so use us. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.